Good morning and welcome to Life on Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Amy Debrick, and I'm thrilled to have you with me today. Over the next several weeks, we're going to be talking about all things related to education. With school starting back up, I thought it would be the perfect opportunity to talk with some educational leaders for what to expect and how they've been preparing for families, students, and their staff. These women are not only educators, administrators, and presidents of colleges, but also real women and moms facing the same concerns and struggles we all have. This week, I'm kicking off those discussions with the president of Roberts Wesleyan College, Dr. Dina Porterfield. As my daughter finishes her senior year at Roberts, I was encouraged to hear what her president had to say, and I hope you are left feeling the same. Enjoy. This morning on Life on Purpose podcast, we are welcoming Dina Porterfield. Dina is the president of Roberts Wesleyan College in Rochester, New York, where my daughter is currently attending. And I first just wanted to say, Dina, that I you know, was hearing you speak at my daughter's orientation almost four years ago, and mm-hmm. immediately just your leadership and dedication to the students and staff just really shined through. And you know, I know you're deeply involved in the community and have received numerous awards for leadership and excellence and in addition to serving on, you know, a number of different boards, but did you ever dream that you would be like such an inspiration and hmm. finding success um, as a leader among women? Like what led you to, to this position at Roberts? Right. Well, Amy, thank you so much for having me uh, on this uh, podcast today. You know, I am a first-generation college student. My father did not graduate from high school, and um, it was not expected that I would even go to college, let alone continue, receive a doctorate, and then ultimately be the president of a college and a seminary. And so the journey has been quite interesting, and I I would overlay it with this idea that um, spiritual calling and openness to what God might have for you is critical. So I was never the person that said, I'm going to be that position. Um, And that actually felt um, like I was getting ahead of God in that. But God opened doors and um, placed me in opportunities where I could um, thrive and flourish and ultimately, I guess, be successful in those roles and put people around me in my life that really spoke truth to me and created opportunity and access. And it is through that that I ended at Roberts. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a California girl until <laughs> six years ago. <laughs> and so I had uh, graduated from my alma mater and worked there 26 years. So you could even that phrase, right, saying that right there, right, it's 26 years um, right. tells you that I wasn't necessarily looking for what that next thing would be. But I knew God was calling me into some leadership roles and had been doing that over the years. So um I don't know that I anticipated it, but I have a real passion for women in leadership and um, for diversity and those um, of other ethnic, uh, multi-ethnic uh, backgrounds in leadership as well, because um, you do um, see the challenges that exist for women and people of color in leadership and their access to those roles. So those are things I have passion about. Well, and especially today, and I think it's, Mm -hmm. you know, this is a a great time to be a woman in leadership, and I think you do it so well, and it's Mm -hmm. funny that you had mentioned about, you know, when you get ahead of God's plan, um, Mm -hmm. what's more important is leaning in and listening 
when he's dropping those subtle or not right. so subtle hints. And, um, and sometimes it's difficult, but even like right now with the pandemic that we're, we're all in the thick of, you know, how has it created more fear and anxiety that you've seen for students, mm -hmm. parents, and your, even, even your staff? You know, that, that's such an interesting question because, um, you know, this is a season where everyone is impacted. So, you know, sometimes you can say what I'm observing in our students or our families, but the truth is we're all experiencing it, right, on different right. levels. And so there is fear, there is anxiety, there, um, there is this sense of what information is even correct, right? And so what I have seen um, is the, the full spectrum that you see on the news or you see in social media exists within the Roberts community, right? Um, you have those on one side that um, are fearful to step out of their homes, right? To even go to the grocery store to the other side that says, I can't believe you're wearing a mask and, you know, just get out and make it happen. We're going to be fine. Um, and you have that, that scope, right? I think the bulk of everybody sits in the middle uh, and that, you know, so as I speak with parents and students and even our own faculty and staff, the questions are, are about, safety precautions, being uh, individually responsible, as well as what um, asking what the institution is doing to make sure that things are in place and are looking, uh, looking good. But it's, you know, it's really challenging because, you know, I may have one perspective about um, how I feel within my own home, but then the moment I step out, that varies depending on my comfortability and the information that I know and the news that I've been following, right? So I've noticed sure. my own anxiety is up right. if I'm following too much social media. So for example, I took Facebook off of my phone a week ago mm. because, I mean, I still have my account and I'll go on, but I have to intentionally go there, right? Right. Um, on my computer, but I took it off because the battle of fact and, um, and the fear and the anxiety that I was experiencing just scrolling through my own page on my phone um, really was impacting me and was redirecting me a place that I didn't need to be. And so um, I took that off my, my phone um, intentionally and, um, and that helped me a lot. But, you know, I don't know about you, but, <laughs> you know, so you step out and, you know, we've ordered food and picked it up right we've done a few things now where like I went over to an area in town where there's a Starbucks and they have a very big patio and the patio was opened up and I thought I'm going to get my iced tea and I'm going to sit out here and I'm going to do some work right but I was very aware of how close the tables were <laughs> I, I took my own sanitation wipes and wiped yep. down the chair and, you know, I mean exactly and, and there were other people walking up that didn't do any of that right Right. So I think there's just a, a range. And I think the key to it is being able to identify and, and really name where you are yourself so that you can uh, you can respond effectively versus being influenced by what's around you. Right. I, I totally agree. And I think that, you know, I did the same thing. It's so funny you said that the beginning of this week. And I think it be, it 
partly was because we had returned and now we are in quarantine. Um, but we were the same and I've been the same as you. I'm bringing handy wipes um, <laughs> or wiping things down, you know, out of courtesy. I don't want to look disrespectful or anything like that. But I think that, um, but I had to actually take off the news notifications they were creating and I wasn't paying attention at the time, but I kept getting moments where like it would be, I would feel fine. And then all of a sudden I would just all of a sudden get very anxious and I'd be starting to look up numbers again, like in the very beginning of this. And I thought, what, what is happening? And I realized it was every time I would be getting a notification from what it didn't matter, whether it was CNN or Fox or it Mm -hmm. it didn't matter. It created immediately a sense of anxiety. And I really had to start being intentional. Like you were saying about what I'm listening to and, and how much I'm listening to it and, and all of that, because it really can, I feel like play into you or feed off the fear that's already there. And I think, you know, for me, and I can only speak for myself clearly, but I had to finally just, um, let go of everybody else's expectation and Mm. be respectful of the situation show empathy to others, and then really kind of let the rest go. Like, obviously, I want to protect other people. I have elderly parents. I want to protect myself and my family. And But beyond that, if I know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to, I can't keep worrying about it. And it's so, it's hard to be able to do that, but I finally had to just let it go and say, this is what I can do. And as long as I'm doing it, I need to not keep stressing over everything that comes mm-hmm. up. Like you said, there's so many varying uh, reports and everything else. And you don't really know, you know, truthfully, who to believe, what numbers right. are completely accurate. Right. And so, you know, that, again, produces its own level of fear. So I just finally resolved to the fact that if I, if I can say I'm doing what I need to in a respectful manner to myself, my family and community, then I'm going to not keep stressing about it because right. it just becomes unhealthy. It's still like a vicious cycle. Um, but you know, one of, and one of the things I loved as a mother sending, you know, my daughter to Roberts was the smaller population mm-hmm. and it is like a family environment, but yes. because it's a smaller university, I would imagine that it's not unusual for you to see, you know, associate faces with names. So when you hear somebody, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, yeah, I remember, you know, Blair or Tom or whoever. So right. when cases of COVID, you know, I was thinking about this the other day when cases of COVID were popping mm-hmm. up in Rochester, when all of this kind of started happening, because they're smaller, did you feel a greater responsibility keeping everyone healthy and safe because it, it's like your family. You know, I know as a mom, right. although I'm empathetic to everybody that has been affected, I'm different when it comes to my own family. And so I wondered how that played out for you because it is such a tight knit community. Right. Well, and um, you know, it, it's been hard because the first thing you think of when it, when it first came, you probably remember at Roberts, we were in a little different situation than most of the institutions because we have a winter break, not a spring break per se, right? We, right, we right. go at Easter, but we don't take a week around that time when everyone was, every, all the other institutions were on spring break. 
when COVID really raised itself up. And we needed to decide, are we going to take a break and try to adjust here? And as you as you remember, probably as a parent, every day there was a new announcement. And by the end of the five days, we were actually virtual uh, within a week period. Um, But I remember specifically when it started to raise its head and really become prominent in the news and in our emails, you know, from higher within higher education, and the thought that there were um, you know, hundreds of students sitting on our campus, right, mm-hmm. living in the residence halls, coming commuting to campus, our adult students, and we did not know anything. And the thought that one of our students, anyone in the community, but specifically our students, um, could be impacted by this for their health and then their families, right? Because what you take from campus, you take to your families, and then it just keeps going. And so much uncertainty. I just remember um, feeling the responsibility of that. Um, And, you know, probably the best example I have of that is every year when we start school um, and the students move back on campus, that night is a terrible night for me. (laughs) I I say to myself, it's like when your kids come home, now you know where they're at, you know if they're home or not, you you mean, and every start of the year, I have to really pray about, okay, Lord, I trust you. They're over on the other side of campus. I live on this side of it and they live on that side of it. And Lord, I just help them make good decisions. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. uh, But, but I feel that. And so when COVID came, it was very similar to that. Okay. What decisions are people making? What do we even know to try to help make the right decisions? And, and, you know, people were so frustrated in those days and, and, and the weeks because there was so much unknown. And so the responsibility you feel as president is how do I get the clearest information I can articulate that and communicate that to our students and our families um, in an adequate uh, time, but not so often that it, that it changes every day. I mean, that was part of the issue is making sure that people, we were communicating the right things, making the right decisions for the college and for the students. Right. And it was challenging. I mean, I, uh, I would imagine. <laughs> well, and that, you know, and that's what I was going to say, you know, even right now, so things kind of died down, but nothing has gone away. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm sure many parents even have fears returning their kids back to school, not only for the health and safety, but also I wondered if you've had any pullback with, you know, education concerns, you know, Mm -hmm. in the coming semesters, you know, I'm sure some people after having the semester online, I mean, that works out perfectly for some, you know, for my daughter, that was great. She, she can flip flop either way. And for some other kids, it's a struggle. You know, I had kids that are still home and in high school and my, I don't know if it's maybe the girl's, just seemed to do better in that in my household, but my son, he had a hard time with it. And so how would, how are you now like directing or encouraging parents in the right direction for the needs of their own child in this coming year? Right. So it's very interesting. Um, I, um, no offense to any of the parents out there, but I have heard from students say, please, <laughs> please <laughs> take me back. And get me back. <laughs> so funny. There's a, I had one student actually say, I or posted something about, I don't care if, if we're not back. I'm taking my tent. <laughs> I'm going to go on campus or something like that. I mean, it's, it's funny. Um, so I think, um, 
you know, it's, it's interesting. I think families have to make the decision that's right for them. Yeah. And, and there's no judgment on that because you have to, you have to feel comfortable with that. Now I do think, uh, and I do hope that families are talking openly with their students about it because you, you know, the way uh, colleges and universities are set up is you can do your best to communicate with parents, but once the students pass a certain age, there's certain limits to that. And so, you know, like for Roberts, we sent out a survey to students and said, would you like to be virtual or face-to-face? And we're going to offer both this year. About 10% of the undergrads said virtual Mm -hmm. at this point. So that was a smaller percentage than I thought, actually. Um, It surprised me a little bit. Um, But I do think for parents and families, I would say, (laughs) so this is my advice piece here. Um, if you're not talking to your student about what they're thinking and what you're thinking, <clears throat> you have to be very intentional about that uh, to make sure you come together in the same spot. Um, but I think make the decision that's right for your own family. Remember that this is going to be with us for a while. Right. So, And when I say this, I mean more than COVID. I mean the burden of uncertainty. Yeah. Right? No, that's, that's the yeah. phrase that I've been calling it. Because there's a burden in the uncertainty because we want clarity. We want to know that this is for sure how it's going to be. So when I start in the fall, that the decision I made to start in the fall, in whatever educational delivery I chose, that it's going to be that way the entire semester, right? Yeah. Or for the rest of my college education. I don't think any of us can say that. Right. Because of the, of the uncertainty that is there. But then I would, um, I would also say, and, and I, and I would say this because of um, who we are and, and the foundation of which Roberts and Northeastern are built on. And that is um, prayer for how you're going to step into the next space so that you have peace about those decisions for your family. Right. Yeah. We will continue um, to put out uh, decisions that we need to make and options that are available and continue to put those forward. And those are going to come and go just like, you know, this most recent, um, you know, the state border piece that came. And then now we have a, a piece around international students and, you know, things are going to just keep coming. So if, if, if people can hold loosely yeah, the, and understand that it's going to keep changing, um, I think that's going to be really important. So, you know, I was talking to somebody yesterday and I said, you know, there's got to be clarity of why you're continuing your education, what this is all about, Right. There's got to be flexibility in this process because things are going to change. And then we need to think about and bring grace to the situation because we're all in this together. So mm-hmm. how we treat each other in those changes with our anxieties and our fears. Yeah, I think that's great. I mean, I think those are three key things right there. And I think we could all uh, benefit from adapting to those, you know, clarity, flexibility, and grace. I think that's what we all need right now. Um mm-hmm. You know, and it's funny because you've spoken so much about just the school itself and the students and all of that. But, you know, what have you been able to do personally for yourself? This is a burden of uncertainty this whole time. Um, But, you know, how have you personally just been able to move past this fear and move ahead with faith? So it's interesting. I was doing some journaling, reflective writing this weekend. um, And when I first came to Roberts, excuse me, I um, 
I had three hashtags <laughs> that I had kind of called out in the move from California to Roberts in the call to come and be the president here. And um, I was reflecting on those this weekend and I, I realized I need to hold to those same three hashtags in this season. And they are no fear. Mm. And that really represents for me um, this idea that I can let fear and worry and anxiety kind of take hold as I look at all the details and how to really release that, right? And release that ultimately to God. And so I wear a bracelet that I was given actually six years ago from a friend that um, knew about these hashtags and it says no fear. Mm. And it's at times, yes, it's no fear, like step out into the moment in that big meeting and, you know, or that big endeavor. But right now, no fear means not allowing fear to control me. You know, Isaiah 41.10, that's a scripture I have on my wall in front of me right now. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And so this idea that I am going to work really hard to not, not let fear consume my life. The second hashtag is one day at a time because I can look out and see all that has to be done and all of the uncertainty ahead and, and spend a lot of time too far ahead. And so sure. what does it look like? To, I mean, I have to think that way. Yes. But I just right now, one day at a time, here I am today. What are the decisions I need to make? What does this look like? What's the best choice today? Uh, what are the options that we have? And then the third hashtag is Jesus is all I need. Mm. And that is just a reminder that in the busyness for me, that I need to come back to my relationship with Christ and remember that he has it all in his hands and is in control. Um, and so no fear one day at a time, Jesus is all I need. And I, I've, I've pulled those back out as the three themes for me in COVID again, no need to recreate because I think they fit. So yeah. that's what I'm doing. Um, I'm working, you know, <laughs> practically, I'm working really hard um, to not let the day just blend um, mm. from eight till 10 or 11 at <laughs> night or longer. Um, it can, um, you know, sure. I... Um, I, I live on campus technically. Right. Um, and so I was, when I left the office because it was still on campus, I pretty much left things and I think of work, but you know, I'd, I'd rather just kind of push through and then go home. And this season has been a blur. And so, um, I'm working really hard to make sure that I one take the time away, step away from the computer when I need to, yeah. and just, uh, take care of myself because, um, it will be a long run here. Yeah. Yep. So. And, and it's hard to adjust. I think that's key. Like you said, you know, when you change, when you abruptly change an environment that you weren't expecting, it's hard mm -hmm. to make the necessary adjustments. And I've heard um, other women say almost that exact same thing, you know, um, when they, you know, if they had to work from home and they were working in an office or, or whatever the case was, or, or they were home, but now their children are there and, and everything just seemed to blend together. And it, it really required a lot of um, intentional self-care to, right. you know, really focus on, okay, um, you know, I, I need to accomplish this, this, and this, but let's not just have one thing carry to the next day. And I think it, it's, it's difficult, but it, for me, um, 
you know, the no fear and the one day at a time and Jesus is all I need. Um, for me, always rounds back to my one word that I kind of have clung to, and that's surrendering. Because mm-hmm. I think as women, too, it's it's hard to not, and especially for you as a leader, to want to control everything and want to, and part of the control isn't always just in vain. It's trying to help other people. But right. when in a situation like this, when your hands are just completely tied, um, at some point, you just need to surrender and, and remember right. those three hashtags that you said. Um, so yeah. I, I love those. I think that that's great. And, you know, right now, I think for myself and my family, you know, we've had many discussions and I tried to, you know, my whole podcast is life on purpose. And I, I try to make sure that I'm being intentional and in, in every season and, trying to find the purpose. And sometimes you don't see those so quite clearly until you're three seasons out <laughs> and you're like, oh, right. <laughs> but, um, but right now I think, you know, as a family, we've tried to maybe see a little more purpose in grace for other people, even ourselves, more empathy and really just trusting, you know, mm-hmm. it's funny. Um, at least for me that, one of the biggest issues I had, and I didn't even realize it for years, was a trust issue that I had with God. You know, when everything is working how we want it to work, um, it seems to be all fine and dandy. But when something happens and then you just scratch the surface and realize, wow, I'm not on quite the solid ground I thought I was. I need to, you know, dial back my control and let God kind of take over. And so, you know, what advice right now would you offer parents and students on how to use this time for them as a greater purpose in their life? Right. Well, I think, you know, for me, uh, it, it has to start with faith, right? My relationship with Christ. Um, what is it that God's trying to tell me now? And, and to hear what God has to say, I have to stop and I have to reflect, right? And so, you know, I've seen people's posts, well, I've read 10 books I've not read in years, and this is so great. That's not where I'm at. My life isn't 10 books and, you know, time to, to sit and reflect and do the spring cleaning. Um, so for me, my journey, because of the type of work that I'm in and because of the kind of the relentless work that's happening right now, it's about making sure that I don't miss the greater purpose that God's trying to show me right mm-hmm. in this season for my own patterns in my life, for my relationship with my husband, right? My, right. my children, even though we're not physically together and one is quarantined in California and the other is quarantined across, you know, the, the area here and, or in the area of, of Rochester and we see them a bit, but you know, really you're not together in the way that you used to because we're empty nesters. It's right. trying to be very focused on uh, family and intentionality of being mm-hmm. together and mm-hmm. what that looks like in this season. And I do think um, God uses every moment to speak, you know, to speak and show us what's there and to redirect us for where we need to go in the future. And the only way we know how to receive that is if we listen. Mm-hmm. And so to listen means I have to stop, right? right? I have to stop with my list. I have to stop with the, with the sometimes self-imposed pressures 
sometimes not, but many times self-imposed uh, pressures and and do that reflection. So, you know, my prayer for our students and our parents is that they come back with a stronger faith, that they come back understanding what community looks like and that our role in community and building a safe community happens together. Mm. Yeah, I I agree. I, I think that that's a wonderful purpose. If that is the purpose, I think that that's an amazing purpose. You know, I think we can all use stronger communities, stronger faith, and just being more of the hands and feet instead of talking about it, but actually putting our words into action as much as we can. And so, and I agree with you. I think that it's really important right now to slow down. I know that, you know, initially when people were home and they were trying to adjust and like you had said, you know, people are cleaning out closets and organizing and I, and I fell into that a little bit, but I think yep. the main thing is to, to stop and listen. What, mm -hmm. what is the greater purpose that's going to come out of here? But until you do that, you could miss it. And that would be a really, out of all of the, the stuff that's gone on, that would be the saddest thing. I think if you were, if you missed it. So. Well, and, and I, and Amy, I just want to say, I think, um, we've been talking about it even um, as a leadership team, the things that are going to pull at us as we come back together from within our community, all important topics, right? We're, there's a lot going on in our culture and in our community. And so what does it mean to be a part of a community that believes that we're to connect our head to our heart and engage our hands, right? And to listen, right. that we believe in intellectual and spiritual humility, which says I can listen to others and understand differently. Right. We're talking about how do we help create that culture um, even um, in a more expanded way when students return, because we're all going to return with, again, our fears, our anxieties, our perceptions of what's been happening in the world around us. And what does it mean to come together as a Christian community that really um, uh, can understand each other in a new way and be a, an example to that, to a world so desperately in need? Right. I mean, it is such a teachable moment such mm -hmm. a teachable moment for for people to gain from so you know i hope that that's that that's the case and people really embrace it when they return um i am so grateful dina that you are on today it was just incredible mm -hmm. to have you i think it's so important to have women really lift each other up in a positive and encouraging way through not only their community but also their faith and so thank you so much for being a part of that because Women just need this constant encouragement to know that they're not alone. And regardless if you're the president of a college, we all lead in some way, whether it's our families Absolutely. or um, communities or our jobs. And so I just, you know, you do it with grace and I, I really appreciate it. And I'm so honored to have my daughter going to a school um, where you are leading. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Amy, and blessings to you and the work you're doing and uh, to everyone that's listening, you know, prayers that uh, God will be there and that we will all find a way to hear his voice to move forward. Well, that's it for us today. If this episode has impacted or helped you in any way, I would encourage you to rate, review, or subscribe to Life on Purpose podcast on any of your favorite listening platforms so we continue to spread encouragement and hope where it's needed. 
Also, next week coming up, we're going to continue our discussion on education and really drive home the encouragement and support all parents, teachers, and staff are needing right now with Assistant Principal Jen Pouliot. So I look forward to seeing you there. In the meantime, don't forget to live your life on purpose. Have a wonderful weekend, and God bless.